0: purity and holiness of the moral law of God shows how each one of us is a sinner. The only thing that gives life and hope and meaning and gives water to thirsty souls is a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what the Christian faith is.
1: Why is Jesus such a lightning rod in American culture? This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. On today's broadcast, we return to David's extensive study of the Gospel of John. This entire study can be found on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. But today, David takes us to the seventh chapter with insights into why Jesus causes so much division.
0: Hi everyone, thank you again for joining us this Memorial Day weekend online only. We really appreciate your presence and hope you're celebrating Memorial Day in a fantastic, wonderful way. Just a couple of announcements before I bring to you the message that God has laid on my heart from His Word. Uh, First of all, kids camp at Hope Farm, uh, June the 22nd from 9 to 4, rising 1st through 3rd graders, and also June the 24th, uh, 9 to 4 p.m., rising 4th through 6th graders. Go to momentsofhopechurch.org and you can register there. Great chance for kids to learn God's Word, get to know some other kids, some other Hopesters, so we can move down our journey in life together. Um, Hope Teens Crossroad Registration Camp, Clayton King's Camp from June the 28th through July the 2nd is online as well. Great chance for Hope Teens to get to know one another, but have a wonderful camp experience where they hear and learn about God's Word. So those are the announcements. And before again, I bring to you God's Word, I just want to acknowledge a special thanks and celebration To those of you who have served in our armed services, who potentially gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom in your service, thank you so much. And Memorial Day means we remember you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for those people who are first responders in our nation, and you have allowed this nation to prosper and grow, but especially those of you who have done military service, we remember you well today. We applaud you. We thank God for you. Please know we don't take your service for granted. Now let's move to John the seventh chapter as we continue our study in the Gospel of John. We're going to start with verse 37 through verse 53 today. And if you haven't joined us thus far, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He is at the end of the Feast of the Booths where all the Jews from all over the country would come to Jerusalem for a week uh, at the end of the harvest celebration and have a grand celebration of enormous size and splendor and color and music. Just, just imagine our Memorial Day weekend and its celebration on steroids. That's what it was like. And people, whether rich or poor, would come to Jerusalem and live in tents for seven days. It was to remind them of that time during the wilderness wanderings when they had to live in tents. God's cloud by day and fire by night would lead them. They might be in a tent for three days, then have to pack up and move to another place if the fire or the cloud moved. Um, It might be a month that they stayed in a place, but if the cloud and the fire moved, they had to move as well. And it was a reminder to them of God's faithfulness in the wilderness. As I told you a couple of weeks ago when I preached to you, God does most of his best work in the wilderness. When our lives are in the wilderness and he comes through for us in supernatural ways, we never forget all the ways he came through for us when we think back on those times. Again, in Moments of Hope Church's history, I hope we'll have a time when we celebrate a kind of Feast of the Booths, when we remember how God moved us around from place to place to place to place, and we waited for the promised land He had for us, but He taught us great messages in the testing time about faith, about obedience, and about trusting Him in every possible way. So. Jesus is at the Feast of the Booths in Jerusalem. It's near the end of the week when we pick up this text. Now, before I read this verse to you, here's what you need to know that happened at the end of the week. The high priest would gather together with all the multiple thousands of people who were gathered there. And this is how they would have their denouement, if you will, the conclusion of all the festivities that had gone on the week before. Uh, The priest would go to the Pool of Siloam and he'd take out a huge bucket of water and then he would climb up 15 steps from where the Pool of Siloam was to the place in the Temple Mount where everybody could see him. And that was representative, those 15 steps of Psalm 118 verse 15. And then when the high priest would get to the top of the 15th step, he would stop and everybody knew what they were supposed to do. He would pour out the water as a sign and a symbol, a remembrance, if you will, of how God, for example, in the wilderness, when the people were thirsty, he brought them water out of a rock. It was an amazing miracle that God accomplished. And so when the priest poured out that water down the steps, people would remember God's supply of living water in the wilderness when they were dry and thirsty. God is able to provide anything and everything we may need when we need it. Now, right after he would pour out the water, there would be a pause of several seconds. And then traditionally what would happen is the people would break into a song of praise of Psalm 118, verse 15. And there was actually a song put into music about this verse some years ago, it went something like this. And shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous of the Lord. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous of the Lord. Now, if you remember, the Israelites lived for those 40 years in tents. And that Psalm 118 verse 15 was a way of shouting for joy, remembering all the victorious moments that God brought to His people when they were living in the tents of the righteous of the Lord. But this year, when Jesus was present, something extraordinary happened before they went into that song. The high priest poured out the water, waited for a few seconds before the people burst into that praise of song. But before they started singing, look what happens in John 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out with a loud voice, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Catch the scenario? High priest pours out the water. There's silence. People get ready to burst into the praise and shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents. But before they start singing, Jesus stands up and cries out this whole idea of, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow Rivers of living water. That scripture's from Isaiah 55, 1, where Isaiah cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to God. That's what Jesus was quoting here. So can you imagine the people getting ready to sing this loud chorus of praise before they get the chance? Jesus stands up and shouts out these words as the priest pours out this living water in celebration of the end of the Feast of the Booths. What's he saying? He's basically saying that for all of you out there, whether you're in your wilderness or not, as God supplied that living water through the rock, God can supply living water to your parched souls. And the way that water can be supplied, Jesus said, is through me, that I am. That living water, who will give life to your parched souls in your wandering wildernesses? If anyone thirsts, don't we all thirst? You know, it was Pascal, the famous mathematician and philosopher, who said, God has created within all of us a God shaped void. We all thirst. We thirst for truth, we thirst for security, we thirst for presence. We thirst for life and meaning, and that's what Jesus is saying here. Anyone who's thirsty right now, and that basically means everybody. Jesus' invitation is for the world. He wants anyone and everyone to come to Him and believe in Him. The invitation again, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You see, the Christian faith, dear friends, is not rules and regulations. They bring death. Later on in the Scripture, it says the law brings death. Why does it bring death? Because it shows how sinful we are and how hopeless we are. The law is God's righteous standard, and trying to keep it is absolutely impossible. In fact, there's a rebellion against the law. The illustration I've often used is when you're walking down the street and you see a sign that says, No trespassing. Don't walk on the grass. What does your foot just want to do? It it just starts like a magnet moving toward the grass to walk on it. There's something within us that wants to rebel against the law, the moral law of God, the purity and holiness of the moral law of God shows how each one of us is a sinner. The only thing that gives life and hope and meaning and gives water to thirsty souls is a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what the Christian faith is. Dear friends, it is not merely following rules and regulations. It is following a person named Jesus. And when he enters your heart, he touches the deepest longings of who you are inside your soul and he pours out his living water on our parched hearts and they start to have life blessing and blooming like never before. That's what Jesus is saying here. Then he says in verse 38, whoever believes in me, Notice that Jesus' offer of His eternal love and forgiveness is for anyone and everyone. whoever believes in me. as the scripture has said, Isaiah 55:1, "Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water." Several things I want to point out here: out of his heart. Uh, that Greek word could be literally translated bowels, intestines, innermost being. Uh, In the feminine form, it could be translated womb. In in the the deepest parts of who you are, we we tend to think our heart is just here, but biblically, the heart's always symbolic of the deepest part of who you are. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, out of the heart is the wellspring of all life. And Jesus here says that whoever believes in Him, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, out of the deepest parts of who you are, out of the core of your being, out of your sense of identity, there's so much in our culture right now, folks, that is wrong because people have misunderstood identity. People have found their identity in their victimhood, in what's happened to them, And from Jesus' perspective, your identity is not in what's happened to you. Your identity is found in what Jesus has done for you. It's in him and him alone. That's the way we'll solve all of the divisions in our culture if everyone would come to understand who Jesus is. And our identity is found solely and completely in him. He says, if anyone comes to him and drinks, out of his heart will flow. Flow, out of your innermost being will flow. The word there implies a torrent. Uh, Think in terms of a raging river. Uh, Think in terms of how a river gets started. It is ice and snow on top of a mountain that then is melted and then comes down into the river and causes a torrential flow of that river. Think in terms of Jesus, death on the cross, resurrection, ascension to heaven. He's on the mountaintop looking at us and our every need and he then through the power of His life, lets the Holy Spirit be unleashed from Him down from heaven, down the mountainside in a torrential love torrent into our hearts. That's what He's saying is promised to whoever believes in Him. And notice it's rivers, plural. Notice some of the greatest cities in America, like New York City and Pittsburgh and others, are built on a place where two mighty rivers come together. Notice that most every great city is built by a mighty river. That's because water is essential for life. So out of your innermost being will have a torrent of living waters, plural, all kinds of flowing from heaven into your innermost being, all kinds of love, grace, mercy, kindness, compassion, all of the things God wants to give to you, forgiveness, His eternal presence. All those things flow into your deepest innermost being, and then out of that flows your life, flows who you are, flows your purpose in life. That's what Jesus promises us, living waters, not a cesspool where mosquitoes and other kinds of things cause all kinds of diseases, but living waters, waters that move, waters that have life. That's what he promised to each one of you. Now, again, get that scenario. The, the people are getting ready to sing Psalm 118, 15, and Jesus burst into this, Believe in me and whoever wants to come to me and believe in me, I'll give in your innermost being floods, torrents of living waters, plural. What a promise. And in John, as he's writing this gospel some years after Jesus' life, death, and ascension into heaven, gives us a commentary of what Jesus meant. In verse 39, he says, Now this he, Jesus, said about the Spirit, "...whom those who believed in Him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified." So John comments here that who Jesus was talking about, and notice I said who because the Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. He's the silent sovereign. He's not often talked about in the scripture, but when he does get noticed, he's pointing people to Jesus. We see him in Genesis 1. One, when he is brooding over all creation, he is the creative power of God. He's also the new creation power of God in our lives when he takes our stony, hardened hearts and does a complete radical heart transplant and the very spirit of the living God, the third person of the Godhead, comes and indwells us. John said that's whom Jesus is talking about, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, But he could not yet be given to the disciples to live inwardly. This living water poured out inwardly until he'd been glorified. Now, what's the glorified idea? Throughout John, whenever Jesus is referred as being glorified, that's the cross. That's the cross. Jesus had to pay in a substitutionary atonement the price for our sins. Jesus went to the cross and took all of our penalty of sin upon himself so we wouldn't have to have it. And then as we receive Him as our Lord and Savior, our hearts are cleansed. And now the Holy Spirit can have access to a holy heart that's been wholly forgiven. And Jesus comes and indwells in the third person of the Godhead. And folks, when He does, the Holy Spirit, again, not an it, but a person takes control of our entire lives. You see, the issue with the Holy Spirit for so many Christians, in my opinion, is not whether you have the Holy Spirit in you when you receive Jesus, you do. The question is, how much of the Holy Spirit has of you? Does He have just a little bit of you? a kind of bit of you, the Holy Spirit wants all of you. And when he takes all of you over out of your innermost beings, out of your gut, out of who you are deep inside, he touches you, he fills you, he controls you, he overwhelms you, he baptizes you, and out of that flows the very life of Jesus to the world.
1: You're listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Coming up, David joins me in the studio in an insightful conversation about this morning's e-devotion. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Ministry Minute, focusing on ministries that have a positive impact on our community. I'm Mark McManus, and here is Jim Noble with the Dream Center Charlotte. Hello, my
2: name is Jim Noble with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center and Bo and I, the director of the Dream Center, wanted to take a minute and tell you guys thank you. Moments of Hope, David and Marilyn Chadwick, all of you there. Dean, uh, we all have been phenomenal for us. Uh, You've been there since 08 when we started King's Kitchen and and that kind of grew into the Dream Center and the meals we've fed the last eight weeks probably exceeding 55,000 now i guess uh we're so grateful you guys have made such an impact in the city by reaching out to those that have needs greater than we have and uh what do you think about
0: yeah so it's been amazing to, to just watch the the work that's happened um with the meals as they've gone out you know uh i always tell people it's not about the food it's about the relationships that are formed and the ministry that takes place and so um, and JT Williams and Thomasboro and Ree Park, I mean, it has opened up doors that we never thought would be open. Um, you know, we've seen people come out um, and just welcomed us with open arms. Just so grateful for the meals and, and we just thank you, Moments of Hope, and just this couldn't be, this wouldn't be possible without you guys. And, you know, uh, the, the first call we made uh, when we decided to go this route and provide these meals was the Moments of Hope, and it was... Uh, phone call that was met with a resounding yes. And so we're so appreciative of you guys and just um, everything you all do for us and for the kingdom.
2: And not only that, but you uh, also sewed into our kitchen in the Dream Center now, this week started producing meals there. And as the restaurants opened back up, all the meals were shipped to the Dream Center with the kitchen you helped us do. So we're so great for you guys. God bless you. God bless Moments of Hope and we just Pray an unlimited return, harvest on
1: the seed you sowed into this ministry. Thank you very much. I'm Jen Houston. Thanks for listening today. Joining me in the studio is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello,
0: Jen. It's great being with you as well.
1: Well, David, your family has gone through an especially hard time lately. And would you like to share about that with us today?
0: Yes. Uh, my older brother, Howard, five years my senior, my idol growing up as a kid, um, caught COVID down in Florida. He was 77 years old and had some pre-existing conditions, diabetes, etc. And he went into the hospital on a Friday, and by the next Friday, he was gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went to be with Jesus, and it all happened so suddenly and so fast, Mm -hmm. and the loss is so severe and intense. I think many of us are reeling, myself especially. Losing him was a huge trial, but uh, on the other hand, I know where he is, and I know he lives with Jesus right now and is with him. So I have spent some time over the last uh, week plus uh, remembering Howard, Mm -hmm. trying to find out some places in my mind that uh, allow me to remember him well. So that, that's what I've been doing. And actually, with our daily Moments of Hope, where you can get them by going to momentsofhopechurch.org and subscribing there. They're free of charge. They'll arrive in your mailbox every morning at 7 a.m. from my heart to yours to help you begin a day with a moment of hope. I've written some five remembrances of Howard this week, and I thought it'd be appropriate to do the same thing during this radio mm-hmm. broadcast as well, to simply remember Howard mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And one of those that I did uh, today was all about the fact that Howard 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 constantly reminded me that God is the creator and Satan is a creature. You don't need to be afraid of him if Mm. you are in Christ and Christ is in you. But that is so interesting because in Howard's journey, he was a gifted musician and went from Nashville to Los Angeles, back to Nashville, to Atlanta, constantly working through record contracts, trying to have that one big hit. And the one criticism of him was that his voice was too good. He, He just had such a beautiful, deep, resonant, baritone, voice, it was almost too good, but while he was in L.A. especially, he was convinced by this guy that this guy named John was the reincarnation of Jesus, and he'd recruited 12 guys to follow him, and Howard was the reincarnation of Thaddeus Jude, one of Jesus' disciples, and because of his musical giftedness would be used by this John to start a worldwide revival with the reincarnation of Jesus, and Howard believed that. He got deeply involved in the occult. Mm -hmm. Um, Praise God that after he came back to the East Coast, he had a dramatic encounter with Jesus, and Jesus changed his life forever, and then he became a pastor, and for the last 35-plus year, he he has been a faithful pastor uh, to the Church of Jesus Christ. But because of his experiences in the occult, he knows dramatically just how powerful that spiritual darkness can be, yeah. and that's why whenever I was with him, I'd ask him the question, you know, jokingly, Howard, do you believe in Satan? He'd say, are you kidding me? I've met the sorry son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew personally encounters with the demonic world. And because of that, he also knew that there was a power in him, Jesus, now that was greater than that power. And one thing I want to remind all of our listeners today is if you're concerned about the evil one and worried about him, don't be. Because remember, like my brother Howard taught me... God is the creator. Satan is a creature. He has no power and authority over anyone. And remember that story of Martin Luther, who was fearful of the devil, then found out the power of Jesus. And one night, he awakened, and there was an apparition of Satan at the foot of his bed, and he said, Oh, it's just you. And he went back to sleep. Howard reminded me of that as well. So I just wanted to tell everybody, remember, God's the creator. Satan's the creature.
1: This is so powerful. Thank you so much for this truth today, David. Well,
0: and thank you, Brother Howard. You are among the cloud of witnesses in heaven. And thank you all for listening today for this Moment of Hope.
1: This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, senior pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We would love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. Again, come join us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte. Our web address again is momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, This is Jen Houston asking you to pray for the leadership of our country.